We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Hey, Fox River, how's it going? Good, very good. It's a good day. Uh, hello to all of us here in this room. Help, hello to all of us across the campuses, those listening online. Man, it's a good day. We're, we're continuing the series, So True, So False. And really what, what's going on with the series is it's, it's highlighting, hey, there's a difference if we operate according to our identity, all right? It's going to live, you're going to live, it's going to look one way. Or if you identify according to your false identity, you're going to live and that's going to look a different way. So there's just kind of highlighting the difference. And at the center of that is if your identity is in Christ, man, let's live according to that. Okay, so that's kind of the, the, the synopsis of the series. And we're going we're gonna to get into that uh, today as well. If we haven't met, my name is Bill. Okay, uh, here's another way to tell you who I am. Uh, even though my name is Bill, my identity is actually in Christ. So I'm just going to put this on top of there the best I can. And there we go. Again, very glad we're all here together to celebrate my 40th birthday this weekend. So, yeah. All right. Halfway. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. All right. That's, that was uh, honestly not expected. Okay. <laughs> crazy. Okay. Well, imagine this. Imagine you guys brought uh, a bunch of gifts, and, and you just lavished me with those gifts because it's my birthday, and it's like the best birthday ever, and, and I didn't have to come get them from you. you. You brought them up, and they just like surround me. I got my arms full and all that, but what if I never opened those gifts? That would be odd, all right? It would kind of be like, maybe I didn't realize you gave me these gifts, or... Maybe I just don't care, like, that you gave me all these gifts. Now, there's no way that would actually happen. If you gave me gifts, I would open every single one of them, okay? That's obvious. You would do the same thing. Somebody gives you a gift, you open it. However, that crazy situation that we just imagined together is actually pretty accurate when it comes to us and our Christianity. When we received Jesus and we became a child of God, he's given us so much, yet most of the time... We don't realize and we don't remember how good the good news actually is. You see, when we became Christians, for those of us who are called by his name, he gave us a ton. He gave us a lot of good gifts. He gave us a new identity, right, all sorts of stuff. If we were to live and walk according to who we are, Things would be different. Things would be a lot different. They'd be different for us. They'd be different for other people. They'd be different for our community. There's a lot in this next one. I'm just going to mention one quality of it. But things would be different in heaven. Here's one way they would be different in heaven. More people would be there. So with that said, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. You have been so good to us, Lord. You've given us today as a gift. 
It's not promised to us. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. But God, because you are gracious and because you love us, you've given it to us, Lord. And we say thank you. Father, help us to hear your truth this morning. It would be a shame if we were here and we didn't hear your truth. Jesus, help us to not only hear the truth, but God, receive it. And Holy Spirit, we pray this. God, not that we just hear the truth, not that we just receive the truth, but we might apply it to our lives. God, that we might experience the new life that you have for us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Oh, my goodness. All over my notes. You know I need these because we'll be here for three hours if I don't look at these. Okay. All right. So here's the first question as we get into things. Is this so true or so false? Everyone who is a child of God, right, everyone who believes the gospel, is in Christ. True or false? True. Yeah, absolutely true. If you believe what God has said about himself, and if you trust in him, you become a child of God, as Pastor Guy explained last week. If you didn't catch that message, by the way, you got to watch it online. It is dynamite. Top five ever, in my opinion, okay? But when you believe you become a child of God and you're in Christ, here's what that means. I'll, I'll list a couple things, okay? Um, this is Tuke. He's my teddy bear that my mom and dad gave me when I was a little boy. And uh, I gave this to my oldest son, Ethan, when he was born. So Tuke is a part of our family. He usually is in the corner under some blankets and, and you know, under the bed and all that stuff. But anyways, Tuke has made a, a cameo appearance this weekend. So uh, Tuke, he's going to represent us. This box is going to represent Christ, okay? And uh, here's, here's how it works. Our identity is in Christ, if you're a child of God. When God looks at us, he doesn't see any sin. What? How is that possible? God looks at us and he doesn't see any sin. Bill, are you sure about that? Watch. He doesn't see any sin because if you're a child of God, you are in Christ. So when God looks at you, he sees Christ. And Christ doesn't have any sin. Yeah, that's good, huh? Amen. All right? The same is true when it comes to righteousness. When God looks at us, for those who are in Christ, God looks at us, he sees perfect righteousness and right standing and innocence. How is that possible? Bill, do you know, like I know you don't know, Bill, but seriously, do you know what happened before we got to church today? Like things went off the rails. It wasn't pretty. And I know God saw it. He knows about it. How can he look at me and say, you are righteous. You have the perfect righteous, righteousness. It's because of this. For those who believe, who are children of God, you are in Christ so when God looks at you, he sees the perfect righteousness of Christ. Hallelujah. For those who are in Christ, we've been given new life and a new identity. Because this is how it works. It's just a true statement. Take, take these mammoth boulders of theology, the foundation of the Christian faith. All right, here's two fancy words, salvation, justification. Wrap those up into one succinct sentence. You might come up with this. When you believe what's true, God makes you new. 
When you believe what's true, God makes you new. In fact, let's just say that together. When you believe what's true, God makes you new. It has that nice cadence to it, right? Let's do it again. When, God, when you believe what's true, God makes you new. I love that. It's good. It brings up good memories of choir practice here at Fox River. I right? hope to see you at Christmas time. Anyways. All right, enough of me talking and trying to be funny. Let's, uh, let's get into some real value here. Let's see what God has to say. All right, let's get into 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll begin in verse 14. Please turn there in your Bibles if you would. If you don't have your Bible with you, feel free to use a church Bible. That's page 1648. Maybe you don't have your Bible with you because you don't own a Bible. If that's you this morning, please accept Fox River's gift to you at this time. Go ahead and take that church Bible. It's now yours. We know how important it is for spiritual growth for you to have the word of God in your hands, in your mind, in your heart, so that you can apply it to your life. That's what spiritual growth is. We want that for everybody. So please take us up on that offer. As we get into 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's important that we understand, hey, what in the world is happening? This is a big book. Now, what's happening right here? So I'm going to give us just a couple little tidbits of information just to help us a little bit. All right? This 2 Corinthians is a letter written by a guy named Paul. Paul was instrumental in the early church, all right? A huge part of spreading Christianity literally across the globe. Paul started a bunch of churches. One of the churches he started was in a city called Corinth, which is in Greece. You can still go there today, all right? He began the church a few years before this letter, and he's written that church a bunch of letters because he loves them. He cares about them. If they're going through problems, he wants to help them, that sort of thing. The part of the letter that we are going to read today, here's what Paul is explaining. He's explaining how when you believe what's true, God makes you new. That's just a way to, to, to succinctly explain or describe what he's talking about. We're not going to talk about the greater context of the letter. We're going to zero in on this section only. All right? So let's get into it. Verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one, Jesus Christ, he died for all. And therefore, all have died. All right, we're going to pause. We're going to pause after every verse. We're just going to unpack some of this. All right, here's what Paul is saying. He's, he's saying a few things, but he's going to say some more in the following verses, and he just laid the foundation for that. It's Christ's love. Everything Paul does, from planting churches to helping them grow, to helping them through their problems, to teaching them about Jesus, to walking with them so that they can get better at honoring and glorifying Christ and operating in their mission, everything Paul is doing, the late nights, the persecution, the concern, all of that is founded on Christ's love. Paul's like, Christ's love, it, it, it motivates me to do this. Man, I go without food sometimes. Christ's love compels me to do that. I'm always worried and concerned. Worried wasn't the right word. I'm always concerned for the churches. Because Christ's love makes me concerned for the churches. So what is it about Christ's love? Here we go. We'll try and describe it in 60 seconds. We're going to fail miserably, but 60 seconds is a target. Here we go. Ready? Christ's love. 
before Christ came down to earth, he was up in heaven. He was with his Father. He was with his Holy Spirit. They were up there. It was perfect. They were lacking nothing. He didn't need to come down like, oh, man, I'm getting kind of lonely up here. Wish we'd get some people up here eventually. Uh, No, nothing was wrong. It was perfect. Christ came down because of love. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, right? Jesus came because of love. And when Jesus came, he didn't just find the nearest beach, get some SPF 30 and just, yeah, and just chill out for 39 years, okay, you know. That's not what he did. He got to work. His father is always at work. Jesus was always at work also. He was living perfectly. So Jesus came, he lived perfectly, and then he died horribly. He died in my place. He died in your place. He died for our sins. Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He came, he lived, he died, he was buried for three days, but on the third day, he what? Rose. There we go. Hallelujah. He rose in victory over sin, death, and the grave because he loved. And it doesn't stop there. He offers forgiveness of sins. He offers perfect righteousness. He offers even his spirit to those who believe. Listen, check this out. There's, there's something cool here. I just want to bring it to the service. For those who believe and trust Jesus as their Savior, they're in Christ. They're a child of God. They're in Christ. In the same way that they're in Christ, God sends his Holy Spirit to be in them. Isn't that cool? Like this, this poetic symmetry that God had planned from the very beginning. Like, wow, that's cool. Okay, that's the love of Christ. And we just abbreviated it in probably like 22 seconds. Probably took about that, right? Yeah. No, it took longer, obviously. All right. So let's get into the next verse. Verse 15. And Jesus died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. For those who have new life in Christ, what's next? I mean, if you have new life in Christ, so what? Or what now? Let me try and uh, illustrate this in, in, a, in a cool, some people are going to be like, dude, that's so gross. Why did you say that? You'll explain I'll ex- or you'll understand, I'll explain here. All right, so every year, my family and I, we look forward to June, just like probably all of us do. In Wisconsin, June is like the lock for, we're probably going to have a nice couple days at least of warm weather. Like, like you can't count on May, we learned that, right? Can't count on April for sure. March, in like a lion and out like a lion most years. So like you can't, you just can't count. June is the turning point. So, so we look forward to warmer weather. We look forward to school being done and having more family time. We look forward to, we have a bunch of summer birthdays that are in our family. So we look forward to summer birthdays and, and June is kind of the beginning of that. Um, and then there's this, this cool, I think it's cool. We look forward, well, like half my family does. We look forward to uh, the June bugs. Any, any June bug fans? Yeah, come on. I, don't, I honestly don't see any hands. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, well, we like June bugs. And, uh, 
again, half the family. And uh, we rescue them. I don't know how they get in our basement, but we rescue them out of the basement. Uh, most of them go in the garage, and we uh, rescue them out of the garage. Fun fact, this is totally random, by the way. Did you know Native Americans loved eating June bugs? Like, yeah, and it's like, ew, but apparently they taste pretty good. They're like a delicacy. Anyways, I digress. Okay, we, we rescue them out of the basement. We rescue them out of the garage. And, um, and, and like, you could kind of say we're giving them new life. You could kind of say that, all right? Now, why do we give them new life? Why do we rescue them out and put them in the bushes or, or whatever outside? Why do we do that? Do we do that so that they can go back into the garage, like, and die? No, we don't, we don't rescue them so they can go back to their old ways. We rescue and give new life so they can kind of have this second chance, right? So they can, they can do that, like, like they can live in a new way. They don't have to go back to their old ways. And the same thing is true in Christ. When he gives us new life, when he rescues us, he doesn't do that so that we'll return to our old ways or stay in our old ways. He gives us new life so we might live in a new way. You see, things change when we receive Jesus. They're automatic, okay? Some things change. Our identity changes, for example. Other things change. We'll get into that, all right? We're given new life, new living. But also, things change after you receive Jesus, too. They can change. So if you find yourself in a spot where you're like, man, he gave me new life. I mean, I know I'm a Christian. I placed my faith in Jesus. But, man, i got to be honest with you, Bill. I'm still kind of caught up in these things. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know, I don't know if what you're saying is true, Bill. Um, listen, some things are automatic, like we just said. Other things, after you receive Christ, after you're a child of God, after you're in Christ, after you're given new life, a lot of ways to say it, right? You have to choose. God has given you the opportunity to make a change. And we're going we're to get into that a little more as well. Verse 16. So from now on, Paul's beginning to talk about what we just described. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Listen, Paul used to, and this is, this is like, I mean, He's, he's one of those guys, like, we wouldn't be where we are if, if God didn't use Paul the way he did. I mean, he's a monster of the Christian faith, like, in, in a good way, okay, like Monsters, Inc. or something, okay, good monster. But, but he's saying, man, I used to look at people according to how much money they made. I used to look at people according to their level of education or their IQ or their skills. I used to look at people according to the color of their skin, their race, their ethnicity, their religion. Man, who would do such a thing? Mm. He used to look at people by the way they talked. If they talked a certain way, he'd be like, uh, you're not really worth my time. He used to look at people that way. He even looked at Jesus that way. He judged Jesus by outward appearance. And you know what? Paul hated Jesus. Paul had a part in the murder of Jesus Christ himself. Paul hated Jesus so much that he hated even the followers of Jesus. He looked at them and said, man, I know your religion and I hate you. And I'm judging you. I'm hunting you down. I'm going to even go city to city chasing you. I'm going to arrest you. 
and I'm going to make sure that a bunch of you are even killed for your faith. That was Paul's mindset. But things changed when he received Jesus. His identity changed. Because when you believe what's true, God makes you new. And Paul's like, I don't think that way anymore. Because now I'm in Christ and he's changing me from the inside out. Listen, God showed me and God is teaching me how to live and how to love differently. By God's grace, I am living and loving differently. In fact, more and more each day. Therefore, verse 17. Now, I got the ESV version up on the screen, so um, I'll read that one. Here's what he says. He takes, like, the, the conversation that we're having right now, he takes that idea and he just, like, I don't know if this is a verb, but he succincts it. Okay, he just kind of like summarizes it. Here it is. Therefore, in fact, you know what? Let's read this together. Ready? Here we go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Man, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. God gives this new life. Now let's zero in on one word here. It's the word new. In Greek, the word is kainos. Can you guys say kainos? Ready? Kainos. Okay. Kainos is that word. We're going to practice that in a minute. And here's what kainos means. It means new, but not like, like new, um, like, hey, the internet never existed before, but Al Gore invented it and it's brand new. Not like that. Okay. It's more of like uh, dial-up internet. And now Wi-Fi, okay? It's like a newer, fresher, better, upgraded, updated version of something that already existed. All right, that's what kainos, or the word new, means in this verse. So God makes us new. We're a new creation. God didn't have to kill us in a physical way. He took us, who we already were, and he made us new in a kainos type of way. You are a better you when Christ gets a hold of your heart. Man. When you believe the truth, God makes you new. So let's unpack that word new. I mean, okay, how does he make you new? Like, what are, what are some qualities of that newness that God creates in a person who places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Well, here's a few things. He gives you a new spirit, a kainos spirit. You had a spirit before, but you didn't have a spirit like this. I'm going to tell you that. He gives you a new spirit. He gives you new desires, new emotions, new abilities, new talents, new gifts. Man, I could be nice to people before, but now, man, I can, I can love their socks off. Wow, I didn't think this was possible. I could, I mean, I could kind of like teach a little bit. This is true for me now. I could kind of teach a little bit. But man, once Christ got a hold of my heart, he gave me a new spirit and he made me new, 
He's given me a gift, and I don't say this with arrogance. We all have gifts. They're all different, and that's part of being the body of Christ. We bring all of our gifts to the table, and it's just this beautiful cornucopia. It's like, like the best meal ever, you know, and, and a meal is a metaphor. We're not actually eating. I'm starving right now, truth be told. But, but like all of this together. But now, again, since Christ got a hold, got a hold of my heart, and I, can, I can teach in a way, in a new way that I couldn't teach before. I could teach but not like this, okay? It's this newness. He also gives us new perspective, all right? Like, I don't look at things the same way anymore. I process things differently. He gives me new purpose. Anyone's new in Christ, new purpose. Like, we got a new mission. We're going to get into that in a minute, by the way. He gives us this newness, this new identity in Christ, so let's reread that verse. And instead of saying new, let's say kainos. All right, ready? Here we go. Let's try it out. See what happens, okay? Uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a kainos creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the kainos has come. God gave you new life. And that new life has come. The idea behind this, the kainos or the newness has come, the idea is this. Even though you've been made new, for me, over 20 years ago, I became a Christian. That's when I placed my faith in Jesus Christ. That's when he received me and I received him. The new came for me over 20 years ago. But the idea is, even though it happened in the past, it's still relevant today. Even though it happened way before, the ramifications and the positive consequences are still happening today. God gave me and he gave you new life for new living. God gave you a new identity so you could live it out for Christ, with Christ, and in Christ. It's kind of like this. When my wife and I were married, she received a new last name. She was now Nicole Gunderson, brand new, okay, like a new identity. Had to get a new ID card and all of that, okay. She also received, when we were married, a wedding ring, kind of like a seal of our relationship, all right. She got a wedding ring, which was great. Um, What if, thankfully this did not happen, so nobody get angry here, okay, but what if, she would have kept introducing herself as, hi, I'm Nicole Kahn. That would have been kind of weird. What if, another situation that's not true, but what if she would have still gone out with her friends, nothing wrong with that, but when she was out with her friends, even though she's wearing her wedding ring, she was still acting like she was single. That would have been a problem, right? It would have been time for a change, wouldn't it? Listen, you have a new name. Christian. You are in a new relationship with Christ. And I got some good news. New living is possible. New living is possible. Can we say it together? New living is possible. One more time. New living is possible. That should be a breath of fresh air to some of us. 
You, I'm not telling you what to do, but you might want to even just write that down if you're the type of person who's like, man, I, I do want to remember that. I need that. I need that renewing of the mind that comes by the truth of the word of God. I need that. New living is possible because if you are in Christ, God has given you new identity. If you are in Christ, God has given you new desire, new freedom, and new ability. And this is where the rubber meets the road, okay, ready? If you are hooked on pornography, statistics would say many of us are. Outside the church, inside the church, doesn't seem to be a whole lot of difference. A lot of us are hooked on that. You feel trapped, all right? God has given you this new desire if you're in Christ. This new desire is to be clean. You don't want to be wrapped up in that stuff. You, you know it's wrong. You've got this desire, but you still find yourself doing the very thing you don't want to do. I'm here to tell you, even though you feel trapped, you have new freedom. The so false is that you're trapped, and that's the lie that so many of us are living in. The truth is you are free. You have freedom in Christ. Maybe you have some kind of addiction, like a substance addiction, alcohol or drugs or something like that. I'm here to tell you some good news. If you are in Christ, you have freedom. If you are in Christ, you have ability by God's grace and with God's help to live in a new way. New living is possible. Is this so true or so false? If I'm in Christ, the chains of addiction are broken. Tell me some good news. What is it? So true. It's so true. The chains of addiction are broken. I want to ask you a question. I know the answer is obvious, but I'm just, I'm just going to do this so that by God's grace we can kind of get it in, in here. Okay, right? Is Jesus Christ bound by any chains of addiction? No. If you are in Christ, neither are you. Christ has set us free. So many of us are operating like we're not free. The truth is, you are free. The chains are broken. And God is looking at us like, why are you walking around with those chains? Why are you carrying those chains? Child, you do not have to live that way. You don't have to be trapped. I opened the prison door for you. Come out of the prison cell. This isn't cute talk. This is the truth. Of the word of God, you are free. You are free. What was the verse of the day today? It was Galatians 5.1, wasn't it? Christ has given us freedom so that we would live freely. By God's grace, let's renew our minds with that truth. We are free indeed. It may be time for many of us to make a change, to realize that truth. And turn back to God in those areas. You might think, man, it's impossible 
Bill, you don't know what I'm wrapped up in. There's no way that can be true. Like, I think, I believe it's true, but like, boots on the ground, there's no way. I mean, I am, I'm deep in, I'm trapped. So here's what you do. You confess that to God. God, I know what you say is true, but I just, there's a disconnect. I don't, I just, I got my doubts, Lord. And you, and you, just, be, you just be brutally on. He knows what you're thinking. But you agree with him. You confess. That's what confess means, agreement with God. You confess that. And here's what you do. Watch this. This is the hard part. But you are free to do this. You have ability to do this. Here's what you do. God, if you say I'm free, then I will take that step of faith. I will walk according to your truth, according to my identity in you, Jesus Christ. And I don't know how this is going to turn out. I mean, I am like, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you like Indiana Jones 3, you know, like, like I don't know, and then you step. If you haven't seen that movie, check it out. It's awesome. Anyway, but like, you, it's, it's you just take that step of faith and you trust God. Remember, you're not who you used to be. You are a new creation in Christ. And he has given you new life for new living. Yeah, but I've done a lot of things, Bill. I've hurt a lot of people. In fact, you know what? I feel like it's kind of like in my DNA, and I just keep doing it. You don't understand what type of person I am, but God does. I'm going to tell you, you turn to him, he will help you. He will help you make that change. He'll help you to live in a new way. In fact, he's already working on you right now, and you don't know, but you were totally set up. God knew you were going to be here. And God knew he was going to talk to you. And he knew it was going to hit your earballs, and you were going to start thinking. And things were going to change on the inside so that they might change on the outside. He knew it. He set you up in a loving way. The choice is yours. Remember who you are. You are a child of God. And if you believe the truth, God has made you new. For those who are in Christ, you have a new identity. For those who are in Christ, you have new desire, new freedom, new ability. For those who are in Christ, you also have new mission and purpose. This is going to be on the screen. I know many of us have closed our Bibles at this point. So you don't have to feel like, man, i got to reopen it. But we can, we can look at the screen together. This is verse 18, the next one in our progression. And here's what Paul says. And this, like all we've been talking about, this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Here's what that means. We were far from God, and God, by faith in Jesus Christ, when we believed, God brought us near. He reconciled us to himself. And because you've been reconciled or brought near to God, here's what he says for you. I'm giving you a new mission. I'm giving you new purpose. In the same way that you were rescued, help others to be rescued. If you picture yourself, picture yourself as a beggar and you found the bread of life, Jesus Christ, Martin Luther said it like this, that mission, that purpose, it's like one beggar telling another beggar where he found the bread. That's all it is. We have that mission. Here's one. Answer is so true, by the way. But here's one. If we are in Christ, we are on mission by showing the love of Jesus Christ and sharing his name wherever we go. Right? So true. 
In other words, we have been given that ministry of reconciliation. So when I go to work, I'm a gospel courier. I carry the God. I don't, I don't like lay down my faith, like uh, lay down my faith and I got to punch in at work. And when I'm done with work, like punch out. Now I'm in Christ again. I'm back on mission. We don't do that. Christ has called us no matter where we go to show the love of Jesus Christ, to share his name. So when I'm at work, again, gospel courier. When I take my kids to the dentist, guess what? I'm representing Christ. I'm showing his love. I'm sharing his name. Even if I'm, somebody spills their free coffee on my arm and scalds me, like, like, I'm, I'm like, oh, man. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I'm about to cancel the dentist appointment. I'm going to the ER, but it's all right. Okay? Like, I'm showing love. No matter what happens, I'm showing love. I'm sharing his name. I'm an ambassador of Christ. If we were to keep reading, we'd see some of these words. I'm an ambassador of Christ even when I'm on social media. Yep. There's an opportunity for many of us to make a change. Like we don't get a free pass when I'm on Facebook. Like I just can't blast people. just can't lay down my faith. Man, I'll tell you what, some apologies might be in order. If you're like me, you get into situations and sometimes you just act like a knucklehead. All right? And you forget who you are. You forget who rescued you. You forget who gave you new life. So by God's grace, we remind ourselves. And then we walk. And then we show the love of Jesus Christ. And we share his name. And we admit our wrongs. And we make them as right as we can. We apologize and we do right to honor God. I'm God's co-worker. This is the beginning of the next chapter, chapter 6. I'm God's co-worker. Everywhere I go, when I serve at church, I'm God's co-worker. Don't miss this. When I serve as the church, like in Serve Week coming up in August, hope we're all a part of that. I'm God's co-worker, showing his love, sharing his name, making an impact in the community. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new or she is a new creation. If you are in Christ, God gave you new life for new living. Again, in Christ. New life for new living. Remember who rescued you, and remember who you are. Now, I know many of us in our Fox River community, across all campuses, online, church, man, a lot of us are not yet rescued. A lot of us are not yet children of God. We're not yet in Christ. I got some good news for you today. The blood of Jesus Christ that has saved millions upon millions upon millions of people over the centuries has not lost any power. The arms of the Savior are still open wide. And he's pursuing your very heart even now. Receive him. How can I receive him, you might ask. Oh, it's good. It's so easy. It's so simple. You don't have to jump through hoops. You just believe. Do you believe who Jesus is? Do you believe he's the son of God? Do you believe that he came, he lived, he died for our sins, he was buried for three days, but on the third day we call Easter Sunday, he rose from the grave. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you are, man, I wish there was a nicer way to say the truth sometimes, but do you believe that you are not good enough for heaven? 
do you believe, the other side of that same coin, do you believe that God is good? To get more pointed, do you believe that Jesus Christ is good enough for heaven? Do you believe that he loves you? If you believe those things, that's how you receive Christ, simply by believing and trusting in him. So let's pray together. All of us pray, if it's the first time you're believing and praying this, or the millionth time you're saying this or believing this, let's say this and believe this together. God, I believe in you. I believe that you are God and you're perfect, but I believe I'm a sinner. I believe I need your forgiveness, Lord. I believe I need your righteousness, your perfect righteousness. I believe, Lord, that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift, there's no charge, Lord, but the free gift of God is eternal life, new life, kainos life in Jesus Christ for those who believe. God, I pray that you would make us new today, some people for the very first time. For those, Lord, who are believing for the first time, receive them, Lord, as they receive you. And again, Lord, make them new. God, we pray this in the mighty, perfect, holy, wonderful, glorious name of Jesus Christ. We praise you, Lord. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.